0: We are in the 14th chapter of the book of Romans. And Paul is progressively, if you've noted at all, raising the bar. He is asking us to be more and more mature in our faith. It's one of the reasons why here at this church we study the Bible as we do. Love you, guys. The reason we study the Bible as we do is so that you and I get to understand what does the Bible say to us. You don't need to hear and you shouldn't hear about good things or, or superficial things or topical things that are going on in this world in which we live. What you and I should understand or try to comprehend is what does the Bible say? What is the Bible teaching you and me? How can we become more and more conformed into the image of God's Son, Jesus Christ. You and I will not be able to become conformed into His image without understanding and without knowing what is written within these pages. It's critical. It's absolutely critical for you and me to understand this, this written word. Because what Paul is teaching today... You see, Paul spent most of his time here in the book of Romans teaching us about faith... And about your works and the things that you do are meaningless for your salvation. What is meaningful for our salvation, Paul taught us clearly, is our faith in Jesus Christ. It is our faith in Him. Uh Uh-oh, I'm a little too loud. Sorry, Noah. Our faith in Jesus Christ is everything to us, Paul taught us. But then all of a sudden, when Paul got into the 12th chapter of the book of Romans, he says, now, after you have been receiving all of this from Jesus Christ, all of this by faith and not by works, now he says, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice which is acceptable to our Lord. And he shifted gears on us, Paul did. He stopped talking about all the things that we receive, and now he is saying, you are to give back because of what and all that God has given to you. And each week, he has raised the bar, and he has done that today. He has raised the bar because he has been speaking each week about our Serving one another, but most, most importantly, are serving towards those who are, who are within the family of God. How we are to treat one another, and love one another, and encourage one another. And now Paul gets to the point where he talks about your and my freedom. The freedom that you and I have because of Jesus Christ, whom we believe in. We have been given freedom, and Paul is going to teach us today, there are a group of people within the family who don't have that same freedom that you and I have. They're not as mature yet, or something in their past, either their religious uh, upbringing, or uh, their family, or something in their past restricts them from enjoying the liberty that they have in Christ. And so what Paul is going to teach you and me is that those who are more mature are to sacrifice your and our freedom for their benefit. That, Paul teaches us, will bring unity and harmony within the family of God. This week, I had perhaps one of the lowest moments in my life, or in a long time, for whatever reason, and the reason's not relevant, the point is is I had a real low moment. happened at the men's breakfast, and the guys were great to me, absolutely great. But I, I kind of hit rock bottom right in front of them, <clears throat> And I, I went home and kind of licked my wounds, so to speak, feeling feeling like everything was lost. And when I got home, I, I did two things immediately. I went to the Lord, my God in prayer, and then I started to study His word. I was going to pick up my Bible like this, but I can't. This thing, hopefully will make it through Romans, and is it ready to, for me to get another which I, I, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, and use another Bible for the next book we're going to study, but you can see this thing is kind of ready to fall apart, darn had this thing for a long time. I don't want to necessarily give it up. It's like, if you saw the slippers I wore at home, you'd know why. I don't, I don't give up on things very easily. Anyways, I got into the Word, and God ministered to me like... It was an amazing. It was almost like the Lord was teaching me what I was trying to teach here is true. I know that. But He gave me a very practical application when I got home... By the end of that day, I was not on the bottom. I was on the top of the pile. God just kind of just healed all of that hurt, all of what I thought was, was wrong and, and made it all better. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. I got a few phone calls and a lot of encouragement, but that wasn't the reason. The reason was God's word and praying to God changed my heart and i can tell you by the grace of god he will do the same for all of us I'm not special no way am i special we can all be changed by god's word and that's why we teach it here we teach it for a reason we don't talk about the social issues and things like that we teach about things that are relevant to your life and my life as a believer in jesus christ And so I want you to read with me, if you wouldn't mind. No, in fact, you don't mind. Read with me, please. Romans chapter 14, verses 13 to the end of the chapter, verse 23. And I want you to note, when Paul speaks of food here, as he he mentions uh, in verse 21, it is not good to eat meat or to drink wine. Or to do anything. When he's talking about food here, he's talking about your freedom, your liberty, but he's boiled it down to one topic that everybody can understand. And so he uses this the whole idea of food, but he is speaking really about yours and my freedom that we have in Christ. So try to get that in your mind. I'll remind you a few times during the message. So he says in verse 13, Therefore, Because of what we studied from verses 1 through 13, therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. But rather, let's determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's or sister's way. Paul says, I know and I am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself but the person who thinks anything to be unclean to them it is unclean for because for if because of food or your freedom your brother is hurt you are no longer walking according to love do not destroy with your food him for whom christ died therefore do not let what is for you a good thing to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and is approved by men. So then, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food or your freedom. All things indeed are clean, but they are evil for the person who eats and gives offense. It is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything by which your brother stumbles. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is the person who does not condemn himself and what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he is eating not from faith. And whatever, Paul says, is not from faith is sin. That's a tough ending to this chapter. Whatever is not from faith is from is sin. I'm going to explain this in a moment. I think you'll see it, it really ties itself together with what Paul is trying to teach us about not causing anyone to stumble. And 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 he wants you to know, and me to know, he wants us to know how much freedom we have because of Jesus Christ. And so many of us are living under restrictions that we have placed on ourselves that God has not. God has set you and me free. Try to explain that. It's one of the most important. In fact, a, a young man came to me in the first service. I... I Hope and pray. He's not here now again, but it'd be great if he is. But but only because I'm going to say that he came to me and his wife whispered in my ear, he doesn't normally go to church, but he's coming here to hear you. <laughs> so good. And he said to me, that was one of the best messages I've ever heard. Well, I didn't take time to explain to him that wasn't of me. That was Paul. All I was doing is repeating what Paul has told us to say. But I believe this is one of the messages that will change our lives. For those of us who are restricted because of things we feel that we cannot do for whatever reason, Paul is trying to free you up. And in your freedom, he wants to narrow you and me down to serve the body of Christ. So it's a noble, noble place in the Word of God that we are studying right now. And Paul has... For some of us here who take this seriously, who seek the face of our God, the the Father of Jacob, the God of Jacob. He is raising the bar for us to live under that or above or with that purpose in our life. Let's pray. I'm speaking way, way too much off the cuff. Father, please bless us. Uh, Open up our eyes, dear Father, so that we might behold wonderful things that come from your law. Teach us, Father, through the Holy Spirit that might convict us or comfort us or conform us. Whatever whatever you wish to do, Father, and for that to take place, I beg of you, Father, move me aside. Let me not be the focal point of this message at all. Let us see and, and hear from your heart to ours. Bless the Thomas family. Bless the... Uh, their child, Noah. Bless them as they go to Colorado. Give them safety going there and and favor, Father, in, in being there with their work and with the friends they make and the church that they find. And May they uh, just enjoy their time there, Father. I pray in Jesus' precious name for all of this, Father. Amen. The new covenant that is written for you and for me our Lord has granted the most amazing thing, and that is freedom. Freedom to those of us who have by faith trusted in Him as our Lord and Savior. We receive freedom from the penalty of sin. We receive freedom from spiritual death. We receive freedom from eternal damnation. We are free. In fact, our Lord taught to a group of men that were following Him. He taught them this one very succinct lesson in John, chapter 8, verses 32 to 36. Listen to what he says to them. He says, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free, he said. They answered him, and they said to him, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never yet been enslaved to anyone. That was an out-and-out lie. But they said that. So how is it, they asked Jesus, that you say we shall become free? And Jesus answered and said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits a sin is the slave of sin. See, what the Bible is saying there, what our Lord is saying is, is what we learn in in the book of either James or Hebrews. Right now, I'm sorry, I don't remember. But it says this, If you sin on one point, you are guilty of them all. Where's that, Al? That that doesn't matter. I shouldn't put you on the spot either, but I saw you nodding. Anyways, if you sin in one point of the law, you're guilty of it all. And so our Lord says, If you sinned, you become a slave to sin. Then he says, And a slave does not remain in the house forever. In other words, a slave, the person who sins without having the sin forgiven, will be removed from the very presence of the, the house that our Lord says He lives in. He says, The son does remain in that house forever. Therefore, he says in John 8, 36, some of the most marvelous words you'll ever read in the Scriptures. It says, So, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And that's what Paul is trying to say. You see, apart from sin, a believer in Jesus Christ is, in, is free. Is free to enjoy all the wonderful gifts that God has so graciously bestowed upon those of us who have trusted in Him. But what Paul is teaching here, in this place in Scripture, from verse 13 to 23, Although you and I are permitted to enjoy all of these freedoms, we're not commanded to live by them. In fact, we are not obligated to exercise every freedom that we have in Christ. In fact, our greater responsibility is to to take away some of our freedoms and be willing to relinquish them for the sake of serving the Lord our God, and for the sake of loving other people, helping them to walk and to learn about their freedoms in Christ. You see, along with your and my maturity in Jesus Christ, our first concern always should be for the fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are, for one reason or another, shackled down by the external requirements or the restrictions under which they formerly lived, whether it be their former religious beliefs, the way they were raised, or whatever. We have the, the ability to help them through that process. Listen. Listen to what Paul writes. The issue for the mature Christian is not how we possess this freedom that we have in Christ, but how we exercise and waive those freedoms strictly on the basis of how it will affect the other person. Listen to what Paul wrote. Listen to what Paul lived by. This was his credo. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, All things are lawful for me. All things are lawful for me, but he says, but not all things are profitable. He then repeats himself again and says, All things are lawful for me. But I will not be mastered by any of them, Paul said. In other words, Paul chose to, to exercise his privilege of, of waiving the fact that he is free so that he might give up or help the younger person in the Lord, the one who is not as mature, the one who is restricted, who doesn't understand all the freedoms that we have in Christ. You see, each of us are mutually responsible. We are responsible to love one another, to fellowship with one another, and we are also responsible to refrain from judging each other's convictions. But there are dedicated, faithful believers whose conscience does not allow them to participate in or approve of certain practices. And for those of us who are stronger in our faith, out of love for the weaker brother, that's what Paul calls them, We are to conform, we are to voluntarily restrict our own desires to conform into the standards of the weaker brother, their boundaries, so as to build a closer relationship with one another and bring harmony into the body of Christ. That's the purpose of our lives. I'm going to share something with you I don't think I've ever shared before. It's not a big deal, but it's just something that I've chosen to do. And I shared it on Saturday night in first service, so I'll share it with you. It's not a big deal. I, I, I have chosen not to go into movie theaters. Now, Movie theaters, in and of themselves, not wrong. I'm free to go any movie I want to. So are you. Don't take this as you shouldn't do it. But I have chosen not to. In fact, the only movie I can remember going to is my wife wanted to go see the movie Lincoln. Um, I think with Daniel Day Lewis, or whatever his name is. I don't know. He won an Oscar, and she wanted to see it because she had read the book, and she didn't want to go by herself. She talked me into going. I said, okay, but we went in an afternoon. Nobody could see us, I hoped, and we walked in. The reason, the reason I didn't want to go into a movie is because of all the other things that they show, R-rated movies, and I don't want someone standing off or shopping in the mall or near the theater and watch me walk in thinking, oh, he's going to an a, R-rated movie. I can go to an R-rated movie. And so I've chosen, even though I can go to any movie I want to, I've chosen not to for the body of Christ. I know it's a small thing, but it's something that I've done. I'll tell you one even better than that, though. I, I got one in my pocket that's amazing. I was asked a long time ago when I was working in ministry with the athletes, with the Rams in this case, and any red-blooded American male would have done what I did. The Rams, uh, I, I, I had one favor with their, their coach that, that year. the Coach was uh, uh, Ray Malavese. and the Rams were playing the Chicago Bears Monday Night Football in Soldier Field in Chicago. And Ray said, "We want you to go. I want you to go on the trip with us. I want you to minister to the guys. I want you to have chapel with the guys. It's on a Monday. I want you to be with us." So what I was he going to say? No, I don't want to go to Chicago. Monday night football. He says, you'll be with me on the sideline. Watch the game right from the sideline. So I go. I get on. I pack my bags. Say goodbye to my wife. Kiss her goodbye. I get on the plane. Chartered plane. Chartered jet. We go. Everybody's in a first class seat. We fly into Chicago. We land in Chicago. We go to the hotel. Unpack my bags. I come downstairs in the lobby. And I'm hungry. And I'm wondering to where am I going to go eat? And a bunch of the guys are going to go get a bite to eat. And they said, Ja Come join us. We're going to go get a steak. Best steak in town. Fact. Best steak in the league. You won't have another steak like this in your life. I said, I'm in. Let's go. And as we were walking out the door, they said, One thing, though, you should know. It's in a strip joint. <laughs> True story. You could almost see my heels dig into the ground. I said, guys, I, 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 I can't go. Now, the truth of the matter is, I could have gone. I had the freedom to go. I was free in Christ to go get a bite to eat wherever I wanted to go eat. And I said, guys, I, I can't go there. And they thought we thought this through. We're gonna be in the we're gonna be in the back of the place. We're gonna your back will be to the stage. <laughs> Very kind of them. And 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 and, uh, and and no problem. Just you'll enjoy the steak. I said, guys, I can't go. For for let me tell you the reasons why I can't go. Number one, I don't want anybody on the team to see me going in there. To think that I approve of what's going on in there. Number two, I can't offend my Lord by going in there. I've chosen not to do that. Number three, perhaps the most important is if this gets back to my wife, do you realize what? <laughs> do you realize oh, the price I'll have to pay for this steak? This stake is not worth it. Plus, I said, I have two children, and I don't want them to think that their father would condone something like this. Now, I ruined, I absolutely ruined their night. But I was dead honest with them. Not all of them were believers. But They were kind enough to ask me to come along with them. Folks, I was free to go have that steak. I was free in Christ to go have that steak. But I chose not to. I chose not to for many reasons. I chose not to because it is in my heart of hearts not to offend the Lord my God. And and that that is like a standard that I try to have as a man who loves the Lord his God. I restrict myself from some many other things that you don't know about that I just chose choose to do for fear that some of you might see me and think, well, he does it. It's okay to do. But Paul is saying, all things are lawful for me. All things are lawful for me. But, They're not all profitable. All things are lawful for me. But he says, I won't be mastered by them. And that's what Paul is trying to teach you and me this day. And so, basically, verses 13 to 23 are an outline. You can read it and see it so clearly. Verse 13 teaches us about our freedom that we shouldn't allow our freedom to cause anybody else to stumble because what we feel free we can do. Verses 14 and 15 of chapter 14 of the book of Romans teaches us through our freedom we should not harm other people within the body of Christ. Verses 16 through 19 teaches us that because of our freedom, we should build up the body. We should build up other believers so that they become free in their love of Jesus Christ. And verses 20 to 23 teach us, because of our freedom, we should not allow the Lord's work to be torn down. Now let's look at each one of them individually. Number one, verse 13. Our freedom should never cause anyone to stumble. And this is what I wrestled with so heavily this week. Heavily. My freedom should never allow another person to stumble. And I felt like I did that. He says, therefore, verse 13, let me read it to you. Let us not judge one another anymore. Rather, let us determine this. Not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in anyone's way. Determine is the key word there. Determine refers to our making a decision. In other words, the ball is in your court. The ball is in my court. We are to determine never to do whatever it is that might make another person stumble. Paul gives the same warning. He's so bent on telling us this that in the first letter he wrote to the church at Corinth, he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, He says, Take care. I love this verse. Listen to it closely. Take care, lest this liberty, in other words, this freedom of yours, this freedom that you have, this liberty that you have, somehow becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak or not as strong as you are in their faith. Take care, He says lest this liberty that you have, because we are all free in Christ, take care, lest this liberty that you possess might cause another brother or sister to stumble. And so we should be careful about that. I wrestled with that. Two, in verses 14 and 50, back in Romans chapter 14, don't destroy the other. Listen to these words, verse 14 and 15. Paul says, I know... And I am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. I'm free. I'm free, he says. But to the person who thinks anything to be unclean, to that person it is unclean. So, he says in verse 15, if because of food or your freedom or your liberty in the Lord, your brother or sister is hurt, you're no longer walking according to love. Don't destroy, Paul writes, with your freedom. He uses the word food here. Don't destroy with your freedom the one whom Jesus Christ died. In other words, help that brother. Don't tear him down. And Paul uses food to make his point. It really could be anything that causes another to stumble that we might do. Paul says in verse 14, I know this, I'm convinced of this, in the Lord Jesus, nothing in itself is unclean. He is is convinced of that truth. But but Paul is saying, if what I know I I am able to do, I will not do it, Paul says, if it will hurt another person. I will not do it. I will not do it if it hurts another. And for one reason, and one reason alone, to help the weaker brother grow in their faith. That should be yours and my purpose as a body of believers from this day forward. To help people grow in their faith. Where we do not destroy with our freedom the one whom Jesus Christ died for. And every wedding I've ever done, it fits here too, because it's not so much a verse about husband and wife, but it really is. Every wedding I've ever done, Philippians 2, 3, and 4, are critical. It says, do nothing from selfishness, nor with empty conceit. But, here it is, with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than you do your own self. Men, husbands, want to have a great marriage? Make sure your wife is absolutely, utterly convinced that there is nobody, nothing on the face of this earth more important than her. I tell you, by the grace of God Almighty, if you convince your wife of that truth, she will love you back more than you could ever stand. It'll be like she will overflow you with love. Ladies on the on the other hand you are to think of your husbands as more important than you do your own selves as well. You see it's regrettable but it is expected when Christians are harmed by unbelievers. But Paul is saying it is absolutely tragic when a believer hurts a fellow believer. Verse 15 for if because of your liberty your food he says here your brother is hurt then you are no longer walking according to love therefore he says don't destroy with your liberty the one whom jesus christ died for in 1 corinthians chapter 8 verses 8 through 12 paul gets really serious about this whole truth about not hurting a weaker brother Listen to what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 8 through 12. Paul says, food, again, he's talking about food, but it's not food. Remember, it's your liberty. It's whatever you do. He says, food will not condemn us to God. He says, you are neither the worse if you don't eat, nor are you better if you do. But, he says, take care, lest this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to those who are weak. In other words, those who don't have the same liberty that you have. Be careful. Don't make them stumble. If someone sees you, you who have knowledge, in other words, you who are free, if someone sees you dining in an idol's temple, or going to a movie, or going to a steakhouse, um... <laughs> I didn't want to put that on, ta- on tape again. <laughs> if they see you doing that, he Paul says, will not their conscience if they are weak be strengthened to do the same thing? He says in verse 11, through your knowledge, in other words, through your freedom, the person who is weak will become ruined the brother for whose sake Jesus Christ died, don't harm that person. So he says in verse 12, I'm telling you, he's much more serious. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 8, 12. So by sinning, not, not just having your liberty, but by sinning against the brethren, the one who is weaker, and wounding his conscience when he is weak, you sin against Christ. So Paul is very serious about this. It's very serious about you and me as we grow in our faith to make sure that we don't hurt the people around us who have restrictions, that they don't have the freedom that we have. That's why why we must teach the Word of God. Because we want them to be removed from their restrictions and be free, free to do whatever it is that God wants them to do. Have the freedom that they can have in Christ. Thirdly, Verses 16 to 19 in Romans chapter 14. We are therefore, through our freedom, to build up one another. Listen to what he says. Therefore, verse 16. Do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God, here it is, it's not eating, it's not drinking, it's not those liberties. It is righteousness, it is peace. It is joy in the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, For he who in this way serves serves Jesus Christ, he becomes acceptable to God and he becomes approved by men. So then, pursue the things which make for peace. Pursue the things that build up one another. That's that's our life. Paul describes peace. Beautifully, verses 16, 17, 18, and 19, the importance of of building each other up, of, of, of trying to make sure that, that each of us consider the other person as more important than we do our own selves. You see, it it's possible to create conflicts within the body of Christ. Everybody knows that. And to do that gives the world cause to criticize and condemn Not us. Oh, they might. But not really us. The one that they criticize and condemn is the very one, Jesus Christ, whom we claim to love and to hold in such high esteem. Remember verse 16, Therefore, Paul says, Don't let what is for you a good thing, your faith, be spoken of as evil. People will do that if they see conflict within the body of Christ. Because, he says, the kingdom of God's not eating and drinking. It's not that freedom that you have. It's righteousness. That's the righteousness of Christ that lives in us. It's peace. It's not peace on earth. It's peace with God. And it is joy. It is the joy of your salvation. It's what that guy used to always call me and says, Have you letting anybody steal your joy? Lastly, fourth one. Verses 20 to 23, really important. Through your freedom, don't tear down the Lord's work. Well, it says it clearly. Look what Paul says in verse 20. Do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. Not food, your liberty. All things indeed are clean. In other words, you're free. But they are evil for the person who eats and gives offense. It is good not to eat meat or to drink wine, or, and Paul gets to the point here, it's not about food or drinking, it's anything by which your brother might stumble. The faith, verse 22, the faith that you have, talking now to the more mature believer, the faith that you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is the person who does not condemn himself for what he approves. In other words, what we want to do for you is to set you free. Get rid of those restrictions that are holding you back from the very joy and the liberty that you have in Christ. On the other hand, verse 23 is written, to those who are weaker in their faith, but the person who doubts, he is condemned. She is condemned if they eat. It's using the example of eating again. Because his eating is not from faith, and whatever is not from faith is sin. In other words, Paul is saying, Do not tear down. That's in verse 20. The word there in the Greek is K-A-T-A-L-U-O. What it strongly suggests is Paul was commanding the believers in Rome, I am saying to you, the believers here in the Rock Community Church, that we are, if we are harming another person, we are to discontinue something that we are already doing or practicing. The issue concerns our stop doing anything by which we would make another person to stumble or to fall from their walk with Jesus Christ and grow in their faith. Because remember, verse 15, Jesus Christ died for all of us. So verse 22 is directed to the strong, mature Christian, the one who understands, the one who appreciates their freedom. And Paul's counsel to us who appreciate our freedom in Christ is simple and yet direct. He says, the faith that you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is the person who does not condemn himself on what he approves. In other words, you're free, folks. You're free. I could have gone to that place and had that stake. I could have. There was no harm in it as far as, am I free to do it? The harm was what I might do for the cause of Christ. And so because of that, I chose not to go. I chose not to go. On the other hand, verse 23 is directed to the ones who are immature, the ones whose conscience is still offended by certain and former uh, religious carryovers that they hold onto. And so Paul's, Paul's statement to them is just as simple and just as direct. And he says, if you doubt, you're condemned if you do this. Because you're doing this is not from your faith. Your conscience is, is, is troubling you. And whatever is not from faith will become a sin. In other words, you can't just go and do it because your conscience says you can't. And you will carry that weight, that burden. That's what I did the other day. My conscience, I couldn't handle what took place and it was troubling me so much that I, I felt like it was my fault. And I didn't know how to deal with it. I felt like I made people stumble. It broke my heart until I read this and studied it and realized God was teaching me. Just as a strong believer commits sin by causing a weaker brother to stumble or to go against their own conscience, so the weaker brother or sister is condemned if they go against their convictions. And they are condemned by their own conscience. You see, verse 23 makes sense now. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Simply put, if you don't believe in what you're doing, then you should stop doing it. Paul says, any conduct or any act which is not an overflow of your faith is sin. So you might be wondering, what, from what I am doing, is it sin? Am I, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Well, here's your answer. For a true believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will guide you. But if you understand what we are trying to teach here out of the Word of God, you are not condemned by anything. You are free. You're free. And if because of your conscience you do not want to do it because you don't want to harm the other person, then you restrict yourself. But you don't have to stop because because you can't do it. Paul says, everything is lawful for me. But I won't be mastered by any of them. I know what I do, he says. I do it for the cause of Christ, or I don't do it for the cause of Christ. So you never have to be burdened about what is right or what is wrong before the Lord any longer. You are free. And that's what we want to teach you here. You see, the Holy Spirit's response to questionable behavior is simple. Listen to it. It's written in the Word of God. Ephesians 2, verse 8. We've studied it over and over again. For by grace you have been saved through what? Maybe we haven't studied it enough. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith, thank you. And that, not of yourself, Paul says. It's a gift. A gift that God wants to give you. So by, we are saved through faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, no more pop quizzes. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. So, because we are saved by faith, we are to walk by faith, not by sight. And so Paul says here, in Romans 14, verse 23, Therefore, whatever is not of faith is sin. And what he has taught you is that you're free. You're absolutely free. Enjoy this world in which you live. If you restrict yourself restrict yourself for the brother or the sister or your walk with Christ, you are free. And the more you and I study this, the Word of God, the more you're going to understand the freedoms that you have in Christ. And you won't be shackled by those things that you say, whether should I do this or I shouldn't. You know, it's, it's like, could I go have a steak in that place? Of course I could. But I won't because it might harm another person. I was free to go. I chose not to. My conscience, clear as could be, no problem. No problem with it. I wondered now, what I wanted to do was to go so I could build a relationship with those guys, but I knew that if I didn't go, if I went, my relationship would have been null and void but because i didn't go i could sit here and tell you for the next and i won't but i could tell you for a long time all the benefits i got from it it went around that it went around that team like a wildfire and i got respect from it rather than being looked down upon really interesting how god works now let me tell you this before we close next week is easter yeah isn't that great We're going to have a wonderful service on Friday, 7 o'clock, Good Friday. Uh, Pastor uh, David Briggs is preparing something that's going to be dynamite. He's already shared with me what it is. It is really going to be a great message. He has learned, he said already, so much studying it. So Friday we will have a a communion service, a, a, a great Good Friday service. And then we will have our Easter services Saturday night and two services on Sunday, 9 and 11, If any of you can come on Saturday night just to kind of help the crowd that we might have on Sunday, please come if you can. If not, no problem. We'll set up the chairs. We'll fix everything so that we'll fit everybody in. But enjoy this Easter week. Really love the Lord. Really love the Lord. Thank you, Father, for everybody here. Thank you so much for this church. Uh, But mostly thank you for your word. We get to study it, Father. What a privilege. What a privilege. Thank you for Paul, who is so faithful to share the wonders of your truth in a written form so that we might, we might be able to read it and study it any time we want. So bless us, Father, as we go from here. Thank you so much for who you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen.